Imagine what it'd be like if we were really curious about each other. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Relational Spirituality, the weekly podcast of LargerStory.com, the podcast that sees all relationships as spiritual and all spiritual formation as relational. Now, here's your host for this week, Kep Crab. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Relational Spirituality brought to you by Larger Story. Check us out at largerstory.com. I am your host today, Kep Crab. We've been going through the seven questions of spiritual theology, fancy name there for those questions, that dad came up with several years ago. And what my dad used to say, the late Dr. Larry Crab, is he would say that these are categories to really think through life in. These are things that if you're not working in, in, in one or all of these areas, there's these questions, you're really uh, not doing anything that really has perhaps eternal significance. We've gone through the last question. The first question of this year was question number one, who is God? And we're going to start to dive into question number two today with what's God up to. And let me just catch everybody up to speed real quickly with the seven questions and what they are. The first question of the seven questions of spiritual theology is what we said it was. It's number one, who is God? Number two, the second question is, what is God up to? Number three, who are we? Number four, what's gone wrong? Number five, what's God done about that problem, about our problem, what's gone wrong? Number six, how is God's spirit moving today? And number seven, how do we join in the spirit's movement? So I'm here today, and we're going we're gonna to wrap up, hopefully, question number one, and then we're going to begin question number two. But I'm joined today by two guys who I've had the privilege of walking uh, closely with for the past two years, uh, one of them a lot longer than that, but the three of us together have been journeying together for the last, what's it been, guys? Two two years? Two and a half? Going on two years, yeah. Going on two yes, years. Sir. So we meet, we meet once a week for about an hour, and we've done this now for going on two years, and we just connect and see what the Spirit chooses to do with that time that we spend together. And it's really been amazing to be with these two guys. So let me introduce you guys today. We've got Glenn Urquhart and Lee Hummel. Guys, thanks for joining me today. No problem. My pleasure. Great to be here. Um, After all the tech technological issues we've had to get to where we are now, we're, yeah. we're good to go. Yeah. So some of the things that I was thinking about as we're getting ready to, to do this episode today is we've been meeting for two years. And we've had some really incredible times, I think, that have really been spirit-led. And I don't want to get ahead of the game here, but how does that kind of thing happen? What's happened just as you guys start to think about the little group that the three of us have been part of for the last almost two years now, meeting, and I don't think we've missed a week, to be honest with you. I really don't think we have. What's going on in that group? What, why, why is that group seeming to be moving in a direction that seems to be really working at some level, to, to change us in some in some way. What are your thoughts on the Conversations that matter. Hmm. That was one of the earliest phrases as Larry Crabb and I became friends 23 years ago, or was it 24, something like that. Conversations that matter. And I found that, yeah, yeah, I'm not just tired of, I am starved by conversations that don't matter. Um, God spoke us into existence. I want to be part of that conversation that continues, the echoes of his speaking us into existence. And I think that's what happens in our Tuesday morning time together. R real conversations, real connections, your relationship. Sometimes it's messy. Yeah, I and, think from... And, and I just sorry. say one word, and it is 
for me personally, a lot of surrender, a lot of abandonment, a lot of letting go had to happen before I could really have those conversations and be part of them that I wanted so much to be part of. And I've had some addictions in my life. That's a whole other topic. But the one that I still struggle with is the lust for significance to not to put too fine a point on it, but to be my own God, to decide what matters and to pursue good things. So I think there's been some abandonment. Lee, what about you, bro? I think for me, it's again, going back to one of Larry's phrases, looking bad in the face of love. Am I willing to do that? And how deeply am I willing to do that? Am I willing to confess to you guys just how screwed up I am, confused I am, how dark I can get sometimes. And and I'm able to do that with you guys and nobody's getting up and running out of the room like their hair's on fire. And I think for me, that just makes a huge difference. And and you start building a relationship like that. And I think that can happen quickly if you're willing to do that. I've spent a lot of times in the Psalms and that's really, that's part of our heritage. Those guys are just getting right down to it, how screwed up they are, how disobedient they are in their hearts. And I think that's just key. And I think that's part of their the Psalms are leading us into a willingness to to do that with each other. Yeah. And there's a trust there. You guys can do that with me. I can do that with you. And like I said, nobody's, we realize that there's other parts of us that aren't that bad, but there's this, this part that I want to get rid of. And if I don't talk about it and confess it, this is going to sit there. I want to walk out of that part and I can't really do that unless I'm talking about it in a healthy way. It's fun to um, introduce you guys a little bit to the larger story people now as we're doing this podcast today and we're talking about what's got up to because I think that as we've journeyed together for the last little bit that you start to to be aware of what's God really doing and how is that movement really happening because I've had a chance to see it in both of your, your guys' lives. I think you've seen it in mine to some degree and as we've journeyed together for the last couple of years you see what God's maybe up to. But I think as we dive into that second question that we're going to start to talk about this month, as we begin February, where do your guys' minds go? Just as you start to think about that, we've talked about who is God. He's a perfect community of three. And he, he wants us to have that kind of relationship with each other, which is only possible through the spirit. And then sometimes we even doubt that, but we know that is possible. And I think we've had a chance to touch on some of that. So as we dive into What's got up to, where do your minds go initially? I think just going back real quickly to who God is, I think that's a question that grows and evolves, at least for me, how seriously do I take him? Who is he? So we talk about he's the God of community, but he's also this majestic, transcendent, holy God of Israel. And you know, how seriously do I take him in, in being obedient? And I think that sort of goes, that's a process for me. Uh, I Initially, I did a, when I was in school, I, I did a paper on who God is. And I had, I was thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. I couldn't come up with anything except for maybe Sunday school answers. And I started to reverse engineer, how am I really living as a window into how am I looking at God? And I came up with, in large part at that point in my life, I was the guy who had the one talent and you're a hard man and you, you reap where you didn't sow. And I'm going to take this and I'm going to wrap it up and stick it in the ground and wait till you come back and give it to you because I'm scared of you. And I think that that's not who he is, but a lot of times that's how I, you know, how you live your life says more about who you think God is than, than necessarily what you're thinking at the time. I love that. I love that. So to me, that's an ongoing process of trying to not take what's happened in my life 
personally to the point where God can't really love me if this continues to happen in my life. How do I rectify that? How do I deal with that? How do I hold on in the midst of really lousy circumstances? And your dad's books have done a great deal to help me do that. They really have. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And it's interesting because we all have stories and our stories are so very different. I know your guys' stories well, and you guys know some of my story. And it's just amazing how important it is to understand the relational component. I think if any, if there's anything that we could use to distinguish what's God up to, what's he up to now, I think it has to do with how we relate somehow. Yes. It's got to have something to do with that because he's not making our lives work very well. You guys have sure proven that to me as mid-70-year-old guys. I'm I'm a mid-50-year-old guy working with you 70-year-old guys. And I'm thinking, I thought it was supposed to get easier. Yeah. Oh, come on, really? man. Everybody's supposed to be getting along better. My wife likes me more or whatever. Yep. Yeah. You guys exactly. have proven to me that sometimes that ain't the way it works. No. And, and, but so how do we really understand the relational component of what God is up to now? And I think that's what our, the, our little group of three has started to dive into in a, in a little bit of a unique way, which really brings me hope and and excitement. And, and you yeah. guys have been so encouraging to me in the last few years, just that we've done that. And just to tell you guys who are watching now, I this was shortly after my dad uh, passed away. We did the the, the summit at the Cove, which was just a, a, a honoring of him and, and remembering him a little bit. And we had a great time. A bunch of people were there. And after that, I felt called. I, and I don't usually have this, but I felt led to to get a, a few guys together to just start to walk with. My mind immediately went to Glenn, and then we had another guy join us, and he dropped out after a little bit of time. And, and then Glenn said, Glenn talked about you, Lee, and I, I had known you, and I thought, let's do it. And that's been yeah. two years later now. That the supernatural kind of leading of the Spirit led me to to want to just put this together. And I know how valuable and important these kind of things are. Lee, I know you do, given oh, yeah. you're a recovering alcoholic and you've been involved right. in some of that stuff. And the, yeah, the importance it's... of community. Yeah. of relationship where you can actually look good or, or look bad, excuse me, in the presence and the face of love. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. When I met Larry, like probably so many of the people in the context of crisis, our daughter had attempted suicide. Larry threw shat, the book Shattered Dreams. Yeah. Because uh, my dreams are shattering. As we got to know each other, came to love each other, we found that we had shared yearning. We longed to know God, for oneness with God. We longed for something that we could taste but couldn't get in this earth, but that it was good to be brothers and friends longing the same direction. And I think that's happened with the three of us. We yearn for oneness, connection, belonging that we can't have on this earth, but we can walk along with each other in a way that... You share the yearning. You don't feel alone. You don't feel that. crazy. I love that word walk too, Glenn. Walk along with each other. It's what you yes. were saying, Lee, about yes. what you're saying. It's what you're doing. And if yeah. you wonder yeah. what God's up to or you know what's going on, that and that kind of leads into who are we, but it's all together. All these it seven, is. Yeah, they keep coming. They all keep... these seven questions are just blended together because Absolutely. of who God is and because of what he's up to and because of who we are, we have the opportunity to partake in that glory that, that God talks about. Yeah. And obviously who God is in theology proper is a huge question that theologians can't comprehend. And every child knows it's in that tension. It's obvious to a child and theologians can't put the words around it. I have said to myself, it's gone through my heart probably daily for decades. 
Yahweh, I am the great I am of all existence, the verb to be of all verbs to be, the sheer being of God, the source of everything that is and was and is to be, including me. And I long for oneness with God. I long to participate in the glory that Jesus said in John 17, he'd already given us. Not glory in the sense of affirmation, adulation, praise, but glory in the sense of the capacity to bear weight. Much of life is hard, as we've shared with each other with struggles with children and, and, and other family members. But to walk together, to not be alone, is to experience some of the oneness that Jesus said was his prayer, his goal, his end, if you will, for us. And I think we've experienced a little taste this side of heaven. We've had some appetizers. Yeah. In the oneness, and to the point where you know, I I don't I do whatever I can to not miss this time. It's a highlight of my week to interact with you guys and to process through what's going yeah. on, so that it doesn't yeah. get I don't get gunny sacking with all the junk that's going on. But just I was thinking, and this is a nerdy thing for me to get into, but talking about the relational aspect of God, and I was I don't know why this attracted me, but it really did. So I'm just going to get a little bit nerdy here. But there's 640 times in the Old Testament the word Father is used. Eight of them are capital father. In the New Testament, 350 times it's used. 250 times of those are capital father. So God moves from the Old Testament to the New Testament to a whole different relationship with us. And there's a real intimacy there. Now, Christ is imminent. He's with us. But then God was doing that too. All of a sudden, what, 70% of the time the word father is used in the New Testament. It's capital God the Father. So father. he moves into this new relationship with us that's really I think crucial that he wants to be related to us in that way. He's transcendent. He's mighty. He's in the Old Testament, but the New Testament, he becomes a father to us. He becomes a parent, and it's a whole different kind of relationship. And I think that's that's difficult for me to deal with sometimes because I had a really difficult time with my own father. Yeah. But I think I've got to remember that's he has made a major shift um, from the Old Testament to the New Testament as far as how he relates. And what's the distinction? Because if you look at the Old Testament. Especially if you go to Isaiah six or Isaiah six, where Isaiah had a vision of the throne room, and the angels had to have their wings covering their face, and no one could look at the Father. He right. was too magnificent. Right. You yeah. can't. But but then all of a sudden in in Revelation four and five, now everybody has eyes all over their heads. There's twenty four thrones surrounding this throne that's in the middle, and who's sitting in the middle of the throne? The Lamb. Yeah. Sounds like Daryl Johnson is right here with us. I love this. I mean, that, that's actually got me excited because that just is, is more evidence of all the crazy stuff that we start talking about when it comes to end times. And what's yeah, well, happening? Even, even Yahweh that we don't know how to pronounce because right. the Jews were so determined to respect God by not saying his name. We have no clue. We have the tetragrammaton. yod Hey vav Hey. But let's not get off on too many rabbit trails here because we could go anywhere we want to go. But <laughs> well, I mean, What I was going to say is it flows into... The second question, what's God up to? That's Eschatology. it. He, he's up to relationship. Yeah. He's up to oneness. He's he's up to us sharing in his glory. He he's and I'm struck by the core of the good news, the core of the gospel is seeing Jesus, seeing the Father by seeing Jesus. That the greatest good isn't what God does for me or even how he transforms me in his image. It's that I can see 
the greatest being, the greatest good, the most perfection. I don't have the words for it, but it's seeing Jesus. That's what he's up to. That's his purpose. And somehow we're to be one with the greatest being, the greatest good, the source of everything. Yeah. And that's the question. That's I think that's the biggest question I go to with what's God up to is just what you said there, Glenn. We're to be one with what's God up to. So how do we get into that rhythm uh, and, and, and follow? Because I think what we've done, you, you said it, Leah, uh, just a second ago, you've made this a priority. You've made this yeah. group, this little three-man group that we have here. Glenn, you have as well, and I have as well. We haven't missed a week. Some days don't work out because of whatever, but we usually put another day in that week that we grab that hour to get together with each other. We've made a, a, a commitment to that that's sacrificing at some level, and also it's something that's intentional. But it's so also I, a lifeline. It's also yeah. You know, it's it's our spiritual oxygen. Yeah, and when you guys talk about we talk about coming alive. There's times when I'm so focused, and this stupid phone rings, and I'm like. It just, it shakes. I'm just so intensely focused and feel so alive when we're talking about these serious matters, conversations that matters. It's, it's like you said, I'm a recovering alcoholic and drug addict, but it's so much more powerful than any of that junk that I did back in the day, just having this connection with you guys. And we're dealing with some hard stuff and and we're showing some, some not very pleasant parts of ourselves at times. Um, But I think we all realize that we're all in process. We're not we don't want to be stuck in those places. We don't want to be walking in those dark things and we want to get out of them. And we're trying to help each other do that. What does it look like to be committed to this? That's what we've done. Why do small groups always, that's not the right word, but oftentimes end poorly or someone's gotten their feelings hurt or in ways that, that, you know, and even if nobody got hurt, they end with a lot of shoulds and oughts. And now it's a men's group. We got to guard our eyes and let's hold each other accountable. And, there's a place for that, but they end with rules, not relationship. Right. We've never had an agenda with the three of us met from day one. We've yeah. never said, here's what we're going to talk about. Here's what we're going to read or study. We just, just just get in and go. And it's been amazing to see how as time has gone, especially in the last few conversations we've had, the spirit has just been just palpable in terms yeah. of movement. And, and, and for me, I mentioned earlier that I met Larry maybe 24 years ago. At that point, with with our daughter who attempted suicide and was at Nenrith Meyer and met him through a book and called him up. And that led to a wonderful relationship of sharing each other's heaviness, sharing our longing, our mostly unmet longing to be right. one with God. Yeah. But, and you guys, of course, know that our son died suddenly four years ago. There was another crisis where, you know, uh, both of you separately, not in our conversations, but helped me through that. But there's abandonment. You can't control somebody dying. Right. You can't fix it. Yeah. You can't fix your own feelings. Grieving is unplanned and not organized. And yes, there's grief share, and there are, there there are people who care and help and walk you through. But surrendering is a big part, I think, of what God's up to. And it, 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 it's hard. But for me, that was one of the things Larry emphasized before he graduated, was that he was delighted in, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but that I was surrendering more and more. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of what our relationship is. And our relationship is just a tiny appetizer, a foretaste of, 
abandonment, surrender, and complete oneness with the Father. I think yeah. that's what he's up to. And that kind of gets even allowing gets, death and painful things. Yeah. But they drive us together. They drive me to him. Yeah. And that kind of gets back to who is God? How am I going to trust him? Am I going to trust him in the midst of this horrible circumstance? Does he really have my best interest at heart? Does he really have that? Does, does he really want to father me and love me? And I think that's really difficult. And, and it's over time. And I think with my background, I tried every spiritual thing I could think of before I finally came to Christ. And so I've got this background where I know this other stuff doesn't work. And yeah. when I think about that, that instance where, where Jesus is saying, you need to drink my drink my blood, eat my flesh to be part of me. And everybody's, whoa, everybody's leaving. And Jesus looks at the apostles and said, what about you guys? And in essence, to me, Peter says, we're not too thrilled about that either, but we know that you're the only way. Yeah. And there's a lot of times where that's all I got left is, Lord, I know I'm not too thrilled with who you're appearing to be right now, but I know for certain that you're the only way. And I've got to find a way to hold on. And invariably, after a while, things become to get clear that this is what he's up to. But at, initially, I'm like, you know, I think about that question, what's he up to? I'm thinking, <laughs> a lot of times he's up to a bunch of stuff that I would never do if I were God. That's the understatement <laughs> of the day there in millennium. I don't know. <laughs> but he was up to allowing our son to die very suddenly. Yeah. yeah. And that was a rescue for Rob. And it was a blessing to me. Yeah. Your mercy. Yeah. But yeah. so amazing to hear you say that, Glenn. That yeah. just everything you were just both you guys were saying. I going to go back to what you said about abandonment and sacrifice and and surrender. Yeah, um, that that reminds me of the whole thing that that Lewis said. If you remember, C.S. Lewis had the little had Christ. The, quote, the little Christ. He said, yeah. but but then if you read the whole quote, the oh, the whole quote is, but is that the is that why this all was designed anyways? I think that was the whole purpose of everything. If was that not for the whole purpose of all, of it all, is to make us little Christ? That's yeah. what that, that, that's God creating the heavens and the earth, so we that's can. Another way to say oneness. If if we're like Christ, we're little Christ, then we're one that's with. So Christ. big. That's yeah. so big. The opportunities that we have because of what God's up to, is it sometimes just floors me. I feel overwhelmed. I just feel like it's just more than I can think about. It's more than well, my but... finite dumb mind can can process that John 17 passage, may they be one as we are one. My yes. goodness. He's inviting us into Trinitarian community, which is just mind boggling. Right. And then he goes on and says, so that the world will know that you sent me. So it's really evangelical, which frustrates me, which is on our topic. I don't want to get off that too far, but frustrates <laughs> me with the church because it's evangelical to have this level of community. So yeah. we should really be focused on that because it's going to draw people in. When they see this kind of community. Oneness isn't a program. That's what I was just going to say. Dad never had ABC and here's what's going to happen at D because it's all just the way the way it always works. It's always perfect. If anybody was the most honest guy around, it was dad. Yeah. He, he, he knew that this bottom line is he knew this life was not set up to work. Yeah. You know, but there is things that were set up that we can represent Jesus now and be that little Christ, which I think dad was to all of us. And I think yes. most yeah. people who yeah. met him. Yeah. Is they, yeah. they saw Christ in dad. What does it mean? Larger stories slogan line is to put Jesus on display by how we relate, how we, you know, how do we do that? Dad did that, gave us the, the, the message that my mom is doing that now with her community and just loves to just, that's the place she goes with it. And so what does it mean for us to do that now with each other that 
I noticed that when we spend time together, it's not easy. I don't know if the word's easier, but I'm better at, at doing what we do with each other to other people. Right. I see yeah. things, yes. things just, it's just in motion. Well, yeah. you, you mentioned the larger story. What's God's up to? Who is God? The, the largest story context is relationship. Right. Or I swear the ultimate ontology. But the, the ultimate ontology is relationality. Your dad came up to me. I don't think I'd known him more than an hour. And he put his hands on my shoulder and said, would you say, Glenn, that the ultimate ontology is relationality? <laughs> and I said, if you spell it for me, I will. <laughs> yeah. Well, he goes through all the seven questions and you talked about some of the things, right. martiology and soteriology. Right. And, and yeah. And, and I, again, the sad thing is I, I could define those words when I was five years old. Because wow, yeah, dad, right. you know, dad, dad did yeah. that with Kenny and myself. My brother and I, he would be Asian that when we were five years old. And, yeah. and it's so funny, though. I look at your, both of your lives and I've known, I, I, I know your stories and our stories are so different, but it doesn't change what the end is and it doesn't change the, the, the purpose. And it's all still about relationships. And it's all about putting Jesus on display because that's the only access we have to the Father, capital F, right. in in the New Testament. And we have that access, and that's what's got that's what God's up to. Is and I, I go back to what we're doing together, which is why I thought I wanted to bring you guys in to introduce you maybe to the larger story family a little bit, but also because what we're doing at larger story now is what we're doing together. And how do we do that on a scale that allows Jesus to just be magnified and glorified? And that's and, and, and who is Jesus? Jesus, Jesus, as he incarnated, as we know about him and encounter him, is suffering and sacrifice incarnate. Who trains and prepares to sacrifice and suffer? Best case, we learn. And we acquire some grace in accepting disappointment, failure, suffering, sacrifice, pain. I didn't train for my son's death. I was utterly unprepared, humanly speaking. Right. But I was well prepared by the Father. Yeah. yeah. You guys have showed me that. Life yeah. doesn't get easier. And again, that's why it's about finishing. And it's right entering one. into God's largest story the only story that ultimately matters controls how do our smaller stories become part of that and i think <laughs> together what we're doing is allowing by, some of that just offering them just yes. saying however you write today whatever happens with that electrician that's waiting for me you know glaring at me through the, the where are the opportunities where are the opportunities you know, whatever phone call comes that disappoints or thrills or breaks my heart it's acceptance. It's, you know, I don't understand this. You do, Lord. Right. Well, and, we, and, and we allow each other to say, I'm not too sure who he is right now. I don't, I don't think he loves me right now. And it's I don't knowing that, loves. knowing that's a process that I'm going through right now, and it's not going to get stuck there. I'm going to hold on. But if, for this moment, it's not doing, I'm not doing too well. And it's okay to say that we, we don't, disrespect each other we don't judge each other when we say those kind of things because again for me the history of the psalms that's our heritage it's okay to say those things it's okay to say i look at god and he's just psalm 77 it's just you're making me miserable or i don't even want to look at you and god doesn't i remember the first time i read that i'm like this bible is going to blow up you can't talk to god that way well apparently you can it's okay and we talk that way in front of each other and like i said nobody runs out of the room 
with their hair on fire if I go stay away from you because you're going to affect me. It's just a, it's a wonderful experience. And I was just thinking about your dad, Kep, because your dad was the bridge for me between AA and the church. Because he came to the same place and level of honesty that I'd seen in AA from a whole different vantage point. I came to that level of honesty out of desperation. Because if I don't start changing, if I don't start being honest about what's going on, I'm going to die because I'm going to go back and you know, pick up again. I'm going to use again. But your dad came to that same place from a whole different angle. And it just made such a huge difference for me mm-hmm. you know, to know that people in the church can get that level of, of honesty and genuineness and reality because I wasn't seeing it. I could talk about my alcoholism and my screwed upness in AA, but I couldn't talk about it in the church. I could talk about Jesus in the church. I couldn't talk about Jesus in AA and I had no home. Yeah. And your yeah, dad and, really you know, is, is my wife, Angela's fond of saying, and Larry Crabb is the man who ruined church for us forever. <laughs> from the time we went to the school of spiritual direction to yeah. the, the advanced school, the next step and all the other stuff. And, is there's a level of communion, connection, relationship. There's an outworking of ontology of God's ultimate purpose here. Yeah, this is what God's up to, and I want more of it, and I gotta go home now. Yeah. And I've and and I'm longing for something that yeah. most people haven't experienced. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and few will even come close to it. And I know we're running out of time, guys, and I could sit here and listen to stories about dadish all day long because they're just they just warm my heart and just remind me of of who that guy really was and what he really wanted, which was for us to know Jesus deeper. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I hope this and, is and relate like him. And relate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was isn't overstating it, isn't blasphemous, but I think part of what God's up to is eschatology is for us to enter into and grow in relationships like the three of us have been blessed with. Yeah. And out of that flow into other people's lives. What right. happens with that? Yeah. I think that's the thing that I've been, we've got a a conference coming up this weekend. We're really talking about the stuff that we get poured into. How can we also pour that out? And how do we get a chance to interact with this next generation of people that are growing up in a tough time? And yeah, um, yeah. where we, we know how it's going to end. And it's not going to end pretty until the Lord comes back. And then we're in glory forever with Jesus. Guys, it's just, just been a blast just getting a chance to chat with you guys about this stuff and what's got up to. I think that I think to answer the question quite simply, like you just did there, Glenn, is he, he's up to what's happening in our little threesome group here. Yeah. That's what he's up to is, is, there, is there, there, the, there, there's truth, there's love, and there's, it's all wrapped together in relationship, growing yeah, in relationship. Yeah. And, one and just, just one more thing real quick, because we, 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 sometimes it's been like, I just bring the mess of the week to you guys on Tuesdays. That's what's, how it's been going. But I think what's key is, is that one of us at least is going to remember that there is a resolution to anything that's going on with us, no matter how bad we feel, no matter how dark it looks, there, there is a resolution. There is a solution to this. There is an answer that's real. And I think that I haven't, we haven't had one Tuesday where we all forgot that at the same time. One no. of us is going to remember. Just remember, every message begins with a mess. Jesus came to this mess called human life, yeah. incarnated into this. How many even stories? I mean, Lazarus. You can't tell the Lazarus story until Lazarus dies. Right. You can't tell the woman of the well story until she's had seven husbands and and, right. and she's a mess. Yeah, yeah. You can't tell the Good Samaritan story until the poor guy is, be, is beaten up and he's a bloody mess. Yeah. We, yeah. When do we cling most fervently to the cross? Yeah. yeah. When, we're, when we know we're broken. The whole art notion of brokenness and, and for us to realize that we're all a mess. Yeah. Even if we try to put on a good veneer, 
underneath everything, we're a mess. And, and so part they, of God's larger story, his ultimate only story is, I'm the only one who redeems. Thank you, God for Jesus. You don't have to we, we don't get a part in the larger story. It's not for Jesus. We don't get a part in the larger story. Yeah. Even uh, guys that grew up in a good Christian home are messes, aren't they? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> some of you guys have read my story in connecting. I, I, I always like to say I'm part of my mom and dad's character development as I was growing up. But but yeah. God grabbed a hold of my life yeah. in a way that my dad was hugely instrumental in. Sure. And you guys are continuing to, to be instrumental in that. I just want to say thank you guys for this time together. And everybody, sure. thank you for joining us on this Relational Spirituality yeah. Podcast. We wanted to give you just a little bit of a taste of what we get a chance to experience and and hopefully encourage you guys to to move in these kind of directions because what God is up to is huge and it's yes. and so join us it. next week and we'll see y'all have a great day yeah. God bless God bless if you like what you heard today hit the like button just below then come back by subscribing to our podcast channel for more resources on relational spirituality go to our website at largerstory.com Thank you.